Welcome to Jesus Without Religion. I'm Mike Sinar, your host, and I'm glad you're joining us today as we discover Jesus through the filter of grace. If you are a Christian, you are about to see the love of Christ like you've never seen before. Never again will you fear God or feel that you are inadequate or not deeply loved by Him. We know some people call that a license to sin, but as we go through this series, you're actually going to find out that soaking in God's kindness and total forgiveness of all sin, yes, all sin, is the only prescription that will actually lead you away from the disease of sin. Okay, and welcome back to Jesus Without Religion again. Super excited as we're we're going through this series in the book of Hebrews. Um, Today we're we're diving into Hebrews chapter 3. And again, my favorite, favorite, favorite letter to teach from, the book of Hebrews. If you have not already checked out um, our study, our podcast on chapters 1 and 2, let me encourage you to do that. I don't want you to miss sort of the context of what's going on here. Because if you do that, you just get lost in the dust, and and stuff doesn't begin to make sense. That's why we do a verse-by-verse study. Um, And as always, I do want to recap uh, before we dive into chapter 3, verse 1, what we've already discovered in chapters 1 and 2. We talked about how angels, well, they're being compared to Jesus now, aren't they? Seems to be a pretty big deal right here. Because the angels, well, they brought in the law. It's what we discovered, right? And we see that Jesus, he had no connection to the law. Jesus brought in one covenant, and it was the new one, saved by faith through grace. I will remember your sins no more, right? It's the most amazing gospel message on the planet because it's the only message that actually rescues anyone. Uh, We learned that there's not even one reference. And and again, we're only on chapter 3, but I want you to remember in, in the first 10 chapters, we said you're not going to find one reference to outward sin. We, we said this in chapter 1, and we want you to just sort of put us to the challenge on that. Through 10 chapters, you're not going to see it. And you're not gonna, you didn't see it in chapter 1. You did not see references to outward sin in chapter 2. And you're not going to see it today here in chapter 3. And that's very important because... When, what we begin to discover is, well, what kind of sin is the writer talking about when he makes some of these threats that later come up? Well, he's talking about the sin of unbelief, rejecting Jesus. We learned that the law was unalterable, right? Every sin absolutely gets a just penalty. You get what you get. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, thank God, tells us something very, very nice. Jesus is the propitiation for sins. Propitiation means to satisfy a deity, meaning that Jesus has satisfied God for all the sins of those who believed in his name. If you believe in Jesus Christ, your sins indeed have satisfied God. Uh, We learn how it, and this again is a question to the Jewish people, and I guess you could say it's to people today who are grabbing onto the law. 
The question is, how will we escape if you how will we? I'm sorry. How will you escape, you Jewish people, if you neglect so great a salvation? Meaning, if the Old Testament was unalterable, and that was brought in by angels, and then Jesus brings in a better covenant through His death, the Son of God brings it in, and you ignore that covenant while you're grabbing on to the old. How in the world are you going to escape? what you have common there. The point, look, the point is Hebrews, as I think we're, you're going to get this. Again, if, if you haven't watched or listened to our podcast for chapters one and two, please, please do it. And by now, you will have discovered that Hebrews, well, it's not being written to believing Jews by and large. The recipients of this letter, well, we're going to find they've heard the gospel. Sure, they've tasted it all right. But they keep running back to the temple for the forgiveness of sins. And the writer's just given them a very, very, very good reason based on their own historical documents to abandon the old and grab on to the new covenant, which is founded on better hopes and better promises. The Jewish people are struggling with the idea that righteousness can and moreover must come from faith in Jesus Christ. Now we go from comparing angels to Jesus being compared to Moses, okay? Hebrews chapter three, if you open your Bibles, we'll start in verse one. This is what it says. It says, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest, of our confession, he was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was in all his house. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses by just so much as the builder of a house has more honor than the house. What am I saying? Who's greater? Is it the builder or is it the building? Is it the art or the artist? Is it the creator or the creation? Do you see the point that's being made here? The point is Jesus is greater than Moses. The Jews would have absolutely understood the point here. Moses brought in the law. We all know this. And now Jesus did not bring in the law. Very, Very important to remember this. Moses brought it in. And Jesus brought in the new covenant. We move over to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 4 and 6. It says, For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things, all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house whose house we are. We are his house. If we hold fast, now this is to the Jewish people, if we hold fast, if you believe our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. What's the takeaway here in these verses? We're the house. If we hold fast, is, it, is, is this a threat of losing salvation if it's two believers? 
right? It's not a threat if this is written to unbelievers. And you're going to see this in just a moment. If we hold fast meant you Jews, you are the ones not holding fast. You're not believing. You've heard it. You've tasted it. You held for a second, but you say, yeah, no thanks. You caved into religious pressure. You said, I think I'm going to go back to the Jewish uh, traditions, right? Sacrificing animals, heading to the temple. I'm going to reject this idea that Jesus is the Savior of the world. So then Hebrews 3, hit verse 7 and 8. It says, therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, Don't harden your hearts as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. Now, who's doing the hardening here in verse 8, right? Remember the story of the wilderness. You guys know this. Not trusting God for food, not trusting God for water. This story about being rescued from Egypt. So then we... Move to verses 9 and 10. He says, Where were your fathers, I'm sorry, (laughs) were your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years? Therefore, I was angry with this generation and I said, They always go astray in their heart and they did not know my ways. What kind of sin do you see here? Are you seeing disobedience? Remember, they want to stray in their hearts. Are you seeing disobedience or are you seeing unbelief? Verse 11 says, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now, we want to skip, I think you should skip ahead I would encourage everyone to do this and probably read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11 and see what we have today, which Hebrews 4, 11 says, therefore, let us delight. This is, I know this is the next chapter study, but we need to sometimes sort of jump ahead to put it all together. It says this, therefore, let us delight. Uh, I apologize. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall though following the same through following the same example of disobedience sorry guys i'm not wearing my glasses tonight and i'm reading very small print and i apologize for uh, getting some of this uh, incorrect and have to cover having to cover it twice hebrews then chapter 3 verse 12 says this take care brethren that there may not be any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. Do you see it, folks? Do you see the context here? This heart is called evil. It's an evil, unbelieving heart. Why did the writer call it evil? He wants us to realize that it's because they don't believe. That's the problem here that we're reading in Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 13 and 14 continues, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called today, 
so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end while it is said. Now, what is the point here? The point is hear the truth and believe the truth. Don't just consider it, which is what the Jewish people were doing. Partake simply means that they took part in hearing the gospel of Jesus, but they were not holding fast to the message they partook in. Okay? Verse 15 and 16 says, Today, if you hear his voice, now listen to what he's saying, and guys, please, today, my Jewish readers, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. For who provoked him when they had heard? We are saved by hearing, folks, by hearing and believing with faith. And it sounds to me like these guys are not yet believing. Now, who's doing the hardening here again? Well, clearly, reading the verse, don't harden. You don't harden your hearts. He's telling us they are. Don't miss what's coming up because something good's coming up. This is where we see the context for sin, the context for sin in the book of Hebrews. And if you miss it, it's going to totally distort your interpretation of this letter. It comes from verse 16 and 17. He says, Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Hang tight. Was it not with those who sinned? Okay, don't stop yet. Right away, we wrongfully think, ooh, see, there it is. There's your outward sin. They were lying, cheating, stealing, murdering. Get ready, because we're going to see what kind of sin is being addressed here in the letter of Hebrews. We can't stop there. You got too many sermons being preached on verses 16 and 17, and we walk away with the wrong understanding of what the writer is teaching us, right? Verse 18 says, whose bodies fell in the wilderness, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient. Again, makes for a great sermon, right? Jesus gives us rest. Rest from our own human efforts to be made right with God. What kind of sin, what kind of disobedience is is in question here? And my friends, if we just stop preaching sermons on a couple of verses and we just do a verse-by-verse Bible study, we begin to get those answers. And I think we see it here in the final verse in verse 19. He says, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19, remember these words, disobedience and sin. Here's the context. So we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Folks, this is the gospel message. Jesus is calling us to believe in him. God wants us to hear his name and believe in his name, to trust in Jesus. That is the heart of God. That is the disobedience that's being addressed in Hebrews. That is the sin, and I'm asking you, 
Do you believe in the Son of Jesus? You've been made partakers. You guys, I'm the Son of God. You've been made partakers. You've been brought in, right? God has revealed His Son to you. You can grab onto an old covenant or a new one. I hope you guys will continue following us because this letter continues to unpack all kinds of truth about how much God loves you. God bless you all.